Hi, I'm Ryan Barnes. And I'm Anakin Barnes. Welcome to Season 2 of the Barnes Boys Podcast. We're both big movie fans. And we're both actors. We watch movies through different lenses. You see, my dad grew up in the 80s in a very conservative environment in California. While my son here goes to high school at a fine arts school in liberal British Columbia. Each week we watch a different movie. And discuss it from the different perspectives we bring to the table. Since I've been born, CGI and quick cuts were the norm. While all we had were practical effects and converted theater actors. So sit back, relax, grab some popcorn. And enjoy the show. All right, so here we are again. Yep. Can still season two. Still season two. It's like, <laughs> uh, it's like walking, walking Dead. They can't, uh, the, this last season came out in October and then it, for a few episodes, and then it paused mm-hmm. uh, for a few months, and then a few more episodes, and then it paused, and then... Then it's going to continue in October, still with the same season, right? Uh, it, so because because Walking Dead did that, I feel comfortable in us doing that. Right. Uh, re- really, it's just because we have these movie sets that we're trying to to get through the set list, which is part of season two, and we don't want to disappoint you, our dear fans and listeners. <laughs> so we uh, we are now recording in our in our um, new location yet again. And Third, fourth studio. Yeah. So we we've uh, we've had to take a little break because because Anakin, you've you've just finished your senior year, which was yep. a ton of work. Mm-hmm. Um, and uh, you did your your final final show, and you've been working, and so mm-hmm. really you haven't had a spare a spare moment. This is. This is the first day that we've actually been home together in right. I don't know how long. And you yeah. didn't even get home until like twelve or one. I know. <laughs> so. um, yeah, it's it's been quite a while, and I'm ready to keep going with season two this summer. Yeah, well, we'll, we'll see how many how many of these we can actually get through. Yeah, um, because then you're you're off and away to college, so yep. we, we might have to we might have to use the phone port of this podcast thing. Yep. And, and uh, keep it going, but uh, but this week, this week we are on exactly where we said we'd be last time. <laughs> so why don't you take over and give us a synopsis? All right. So this week, um, starting from <laughs> years or almost a year ago, right? We are on a movie called Pump Up the Volume, which was made in 1990. Um, you have a great cast of Christian Slater, Samantha Mathis, uh, Anthony Lu. Caro Lucero, <laughs> I don't know. Um, and it was written and directed by Alan Moyle. Um, and a, f- a quick synopsis of the movie is, uh, Mark runs a pirate sta- radio station that causes an uproar when he speaks his mind and enthralls fellow teens. I think, you know, we always we always analyze the, the synopsis, but I think this one's pretty spot on. It's pretty spot on, but it's a little vague because I wouldn't, I wouldn't have thought of it as a pirate studio uh, radio station. Uh, well, it's not. <laughs> yeah, I, I've, this is this is one of those moments where the generational gap actually shows because that's um, back in these times, and this was uh, 1990. You said mm-hmm. back back in in those days, um, you couldn't just go on the air. You you couldn't. Um, uh, put a podcast out there or get right. your get your voice. There was no YouTube, no Spotify, no no anything like that. Mm-hmm. So in order to be on the air, you had to you had to have a broadcaster's license. Mm-hmm. Um, and any any radio show that that wasn't or any sort of radio transmission that that 
was operated by non-licensed people. It's called pirate radio. Okay. Uh, basically radio that, um, that couldn't legally exist, but it did. Right. Oh, um, and actually there's, there's a little bit more about that, that I want that I wanted to talk about, but let's, let's hit the trivia first. Sure. So, uh, first piece of trivia is Christian Slater. Um, he became physically ill several times during filming due to all the cigarette smoking he had to do. He wasn't a smoker, but it was written into the part, so he did it. Right. So he smoked a lot. And um, from every point that I've seen him from then on, he he was a smoker. So <laughs> <laughs> so this kind of did it. And I, I remember... I remember um, when we did. You and I were in that show, the playroom. When I got you that, got you that east sig. That was uh, for all of <laughs> for all of you judging me right now. I had there was very little information on east sigs at the time, mm-hmm. and and so Anakin's role he was supposed to be a smoking French teenager, mm-hmm. and he was uh, what? How old were you? Nine, ten, yep. nine, ten yep. years old. Um, so he played an underdeveloped, very small, <laughs> uh, smoking teenager, and so obviously I wasn't going to give him real cigarettes. But um, but one of the guys in the production crew um, was able to was able to um, get him in get him an e cig, which which weren't as readily available as they are now. And he and he got him some non nicotine, non tobacco vapor whatever. I'm not really mm-hmm. sure how that stuff works. So. Um, so I wasn't, I wasn't willing to poison my kid, mm-hmm. but but you were dragging on that thing every breath like, <laughs> like you were yeah. a chain smoker lighting one end off the off the burning end of another. <laughs> so um, uh, the other uh, another thing is Christian Slater and Samantha, Samantha Math- Mathis had really good chemistry in this movie, mm-hmm. and the reason for that is they were dating. Oh, okay, um, and they they've also done a couple other movies since since then. Broken Arrow, which I don't think you've seen, it was no. a John John Woo movie. Uh, I love John Woo as a director. He directed Mission Impossible Two, Face Off. I don't know if you've seen any of those, but um, but he's he's a great director. Anyway, um, he. Broken Arrow and Fern Gully. Do you remember that with the uh, with the bats and the fairies and? I think so. Jalen, your sister would remember that more. Yeah. Um, but they were anyway. He was in those together. Um, this movie won the Golden Space Needle Award for the best film at Seattle International Film Festival in 1990. Hmm. Um, let's see. Oh, here's a fun one. During production, Christian Slater had his driver's license suspended for the second time in two years over DUIs. And so the writer-director, Alan Moyle, he had to rework the script so that way he doesn't drive. So he makes Mm. it a point to say that he doesn't drive, and he tells his listeners he has no car, no license. He goes everywhere on foot, and in the the big climactic scene, his girlfriend is the one driving because he legally couldn't (laughs) drive at that time. Um, Let's see. Uh, The the writer, uh, Alan Moyle, he described Mark's character as an amalgam of Holden Caulfield, who's the... um, who's the protagonist in Catcher in the Rye, okay. and Lenny Bruce, who is a, a um, comedian who is very, um, uh, I, don't, I don't even know how to, how to describe it, but um, he, he was a stand-up comedian who was very, I guess, not, not vulgar, but very edgy. Okay. And he, he pushed limits and boundaries and, mm. and uh, got, 
often got in trouble and, and kept moving forward with his way because he, he just wanted to, he was really about the free speech. Ah. So um, that is it for my trivia. Right. I think uh, I think you've got a little jingle there for us, and then we're going to move on to impressions and memories. So here we are at impressions <laughs> and memories. So this is uh, this is your first time seeing the movie. Mm-hmm. So give us your impression. Um, it was it was very interesting. Uh, it was a very interesting movie to see because even in the open opening credits, you didn't really know what this movie was going to be about. Mm-hmm. Um, it it reminded me of uh, a, a movie that Disney had released, probably based off of this movie, okay. because Disney does that a lot, where they take older movies that are not okay for children audiences, sure. and then they make it more children acceptable okay i guess um and it was it was very much like that where an anonymous person is uh hosting a radio show and they don't really like fit in or they're very quiet at mm-hmm. school and the school is troubled whatever i liked this version better sure um do you remember what the other called was called i think it was called radio rebel okay um but i really liked this one because it Although I love Disney, it was a lot less Disney, <laughs> right? Um, and so it it was it felt a bit more real. Um, I was confused on just the why the school was so uptight, or at least the principal. I I understand the the idea of like keeping the perfect score or like the the reputation of the school, okay. but it that kind of came out of nowhere and it kind of just came in, came in at the end, which I was confused about, but I still really enjoyed the movie watching it. And, um, yeah, I guess just watching and enjoying a movie like this for the first time. Sure. Okay. Uh, well I, I can answer that for you, mm-hmm. but let's get through the section first. Right. I'm, I'm really glad you brought that up because I didn't plan on talking about that. So okay. that's, that's great that, that, uh, that, that stood out to you. I um, I don't remember remember my f- first impression. Well, a little bit. Um, I had, I had watched this years and years ago when it first came out in 1990, and mm-hmm. and um, I really liked it. But I um, my opinion, I guess, was, was a, a little bit different because I had always wanted to host a radio show, right? And and um, even before I saw this movie, I had one of those electronic build kits like I had gotten for you when you were younger. Yeah. Uh, electronic build kits that that allow, one of the things that allows you to do is to build an AM transmission radio. Mm. So I talked about pirate radios and needing a license. So different types of radios, ham radio, FM radio, um, long, um, anything that's, that's long wave requires a license. Mm. AM uh, radio transmissions, a short wave radio and radio transmissions does not require a license. And so that's why these electronic kits let you do that. So I built this little radio and I was able to broadcast it, which as far as my next door neighbor's house and to the best of my knowledge, my next door neighbor never listened to me. (laughs) And also at that age, I don't think I really had anything interesting to say, (laughs) but I liked the idea. And so when I saw this movie, I I was really, I was really excited about that. And the only, and 
I, I didn't know anything about this movie going in, but uh, your Aunt Sarah, my sister, was madly in love with Christian Slater. <laughs> and so anything anything of his would show up on our living room TV right. um, in the form of uh, video or, or HBO or whatever. And she was watching it. And, and again, back in those days, we didn't all have our own devices and nobody, and we didn't have TVs in all of our rooms. So, so um, what she wanted to watch, because at that time she was still a little bit bigger than me. That's, <laughs> that's what I got to watch. Right. <laughs> but I liked, I, I enjoyed the movie. Um, I, I remember I bought the soundtrack for it when I was in, it was 1990. So I think I was in junior high still and I was listening to it on my Walkman because uh, lots of bad words on the, on the that right. soundtrack. So I couldn't <laughs> play it where, where my mom would hear it. Um, but, uh, but I thought, I thought it was really good and really inspirational. And at the time there were a lot of movies actually we, we, we have three Christian Slater movies in this season. Do we? Um, we do. We have, um, we have uh, this, Pump Up the Volume, which we just watched. We have Gleaming the Cube, a skateboarding movie. Okay. And then we have um, uh, Legend of Billie Jean, which I have been unable to locate on any format that we can watch. But, um, but they're... They're all the same thing. It, it's all teenagers against the establishment, and I that see. that was such a huge theme of the '80s and and the '90s, really. That mm-hmm. um, that any any teenager movie um, just became that. And you've seen that with some of the some of the teen movies you've seen, like yeah, uh, I don't know, Breakfast Club or. Gosh, I don't even remember Goonies. Uh, just, just yeah. all—it's—it's it's the idea of us, us kids against, um, against the the mean baddies of the corporate world or the establishment or, or whatever. Right. So it it resonated well, very strongly with me as a kid, and especially as a as a small kid who um, who was kind of an outsider anyway, and so and so this one really, um, yeah, I. I related to him. I related to him. I guess. Right. Um, well, that's uh, that's it for my <laughs> for my uh, memories, yeah. though. But uh, watching it again today, it was still fun. There there were some things that that I reflected on that um, that were noticeably different from then until now, and we'll talk about those in our next section there. But oh, yeah. um, but I still enjoyed still enjoyed watching it again. Sure. So I think, uh, I think that's it, unless you have yeah. anything else to add. No, not that I can think of. All right. Well, let's, uh, let's head on to our viewpoints. You got a jingle for us here? I do. Welcome to our viewpoint cool. section. Now, um, we, during this section, we normally take notes while we're watching the movie and, Anakin, you didn't. You said you didn't have a lot of notes to take from this one. I. It's not that there isn't anything to say, but I didn't have. I had a lot of trouble thinking what to write down. Okay. And or I was so invested in what was going on, I didn't want to take away and try and write something down. Sure, that's fair. Yeah. All right. Well, I I wrote a few notes and there were, there were a few times that I missed what was going on, but I've seen this, this movie a number of times. So, so that's all right. So if that's the case, then we'll just start on my list of notes there and then you jump in whenever you want here. So, uh, the first thing that stood out to me that was not as prevalent 
when I originally saw it was the fashion. And the fashion is very much a combination of the late, late 80s and the early 90s. Um, and I absolutely loved it. <laughs> Not so much the hair, but I loved the clothing styles. Right. And, um, and that, that's one thing that, that the early 90s, did really well for us was they brought us out of the eighties. Right. (laughs) (laughs) Um, Yeah, that was, uh, I hadn't really noticed any of that because from what I've been able to see, a lot of fashion from then has started coming into now. So I've kind of just been like, Oh, those are people my age. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. I've, I've seen that too. And, and as like, we're, we're, we'll be walking in the mall and I'll, I'll mention to, to Amy that, uh, Hey, I, I like that girl's uh, skirt or what I've never cared about fashion ever. Right. But what she pointed out to me is, is when I'm noticing somebody's fashion, it's something nineties ish. Like <laughs> she said, yeah, I used to have a skirt just like that. Or, or, or so, um, so apparently I miss it as well. And, and it's <laughs> really good to see, see it come back. Yeah. Um, now, I had mentioned a little bit earlier that I, I really related to this movie because uh, because I wanted to have a radio show. Mm-hmm. And um, I had their elect- electronics kit. Now, when, when we lived, actually even before that, when you were just a baby, uh, I started doing podcasts. I, you and I did, did a podcast, and maybe we can find one or two of those uh, old episodes, and, and if so, we, we can upload them as a, as a special yes. <laughs> Barnes Boys Vintage or something. <laughs> but you and I did a, did a podcast, and, and I did one with Jalen. I did one with my friend Steve, and then um, I've done a number of, of music podcasts as, as well. Mm-hmm. Um, I, just, I just loved the idea of doing a radio. And, and I guess that kind of fed into the, the YouTube channel, the, the Winnebago Wednesday that, that I started doing is, is now that video is so easy, but it's just the same concept of, of, of it's so much, so much fun to, uh, to do something like this. I mean, every time we, we record one of these episodes, I know you and I are both like, Oh, I'm so tired and there's going to be some work. I don't want to do it, but every, but then we get to it and it's a lot of fun. Mm Mm-hmm. So, um, did you notice, I mean, it takes place in Arizona, but right. did it all seem really, really familiar to you? The, the buildings and the, the trees and the grass and everything. Yeah. It's, I mean, it's for, for those of us that have lived in California, you see that it's very California. Mm-hmm. And, and it's, that's not really a big deal. A lot of, a lot of movies are filmed um, one place and they take place somewhere else, but it yeah. made me so homesick watching, watching this, mm-hmm. seeing the buildings with the stuccoed walls and the dead grass and all the lawns and, yeah. and those trees. And it just made me miss home. Like I, I can smell the, the hot smog. <laughs> <laughs> I, it looked very it very it looked very much like California, which I mean Arizona kinda has that if you're wanting to get heat and like kind of that I don't know I don't know how to describe it, but like but like a high school that takes place in like an area of heat. Sure. You could film in Arizona. You could. But why would you film in Arizona when Arizona looks like Arizona when you could have Arizona that looks like California? Sure. 
Sure. And it's a lot cheaper to mm-hmm. uh, to film there. This was filmed in Santa Clarita okay. um, near Magic Mountain. Okay. So um, it's a lot easier for, for the studio, the actors and everything to do that instead of filming on location somewhere. Right. It's a lot cheaper that way. Mm-hmm. Um, so then, so let's get into the story a little bit. Sure. So first of all, you would, you would mention that, that the teach, uh, excuse me, the principal um, was more concerned with the score, the test scores, and, and you mm. didn't, that didn't quite connect with you. So in, in the United States, um, and there, there's some differences in Cal, uh, California and other states, um, mm. and there's differences in the United States versus where we are in Canada and, and other countries. In the United States, public school funding um, is, is, determined by the test scores okay and so and there there are different t- like here you have you have your provincials and, and all that so you you have your government mandated tests and and those are used as a baseline to see how well the school is performing so the principal's um, budget uh, the principal's raises mm-hmm. um, the principal's ability to to move on to a higher position within the school district. Those, those are all based off of test scores. And so that, that plot point of the principal getting rid of people who were going to have, uh, who are going to have bad test scores. Yeah. Um, that's to make it a better school. It becomes very political. It does. It does. And schools, unfortunately are that. Yeah. Um, but in this, in this situation you have, um, you're also looking at the time period where um, that's one of the notes that I had was, was they were talking about the pregnant girl or the girl who got herself in, in a bad situation right. who, um, who was expelled from school and that happened. And I don't, I don't know if that happened in all school districts. It did happen in my school district mm-hmm. that, uh, that they wouldn't allow um, they wouldn't allow pregnant girls to keep going to school. They had to go to uh, to a different school. Uh, it was called Gateway. That that school was for pregnant girls and kids that got arrested and got into trouble all the time. I see. So it, it was a really really unfair clumping or or grouping. Yep. And um, it's it's one of those one of those pieces that that the adults in charge said. Hey, we don't want to give um, give kids the idea that this is okay or create a norm for this, but all it really does is destroy the chances of of somebody who who got pregnant unintentionally and had no other options, and um, and then they can no longer finish school, so they couldn't go to college, they couldn't get a decent job, and right. so on and so forth. So. Um, that, what are what are your thoughts on on that? I mean, it's it doesn't happen now. I mean, just right. looking <laughs> back at it and and what I grew up with and people my age grew up with. Mm-hmm. Um, like you said, it doesn't it doesn't happen much anymore these days. But it's it it doesn't make sense to be to to make a school that's about learning and education and giving and just expanding the minds of other people, it doesn't make sense to make it so political because it, 
I, I, I don't know. It, it kids are like like they kept saying in in this movie, they're just kids. They're they're being teenagers. They're gonna get into trouble. They're gonna do all of that. And right. You can't just they get into trouble once or they do something bad or a couple times or whatever. You can't just kick them out, right? To make uh, and especially you can't just kick them out or harass them to leave or whatever just so that you can get more money or you can make yourself look better right because yes the the principle is a um a principle is the representation of a school but that principle um is is a representation of the school to the district mm-hmm. but the principle is a representation of the school to the people as well yes to to the students and so if your principal is doing things like that then of course you're not it's not going to be good and it doesn't make sense because even my principal he was very he was very involved these past couple years we it he was very involved he really got engaged and he was he's a highly respected principal for that reason because he he involves himself he he makes it not just about the school and not just about his career. He makes it about, it, it's one big community. It's one big home in a sense. Sure. But yeah, it it's really interesting to see how schools were like back then. I mean, it of course it is just a movie and right. movies can be fairly accurate to their times, mm-hmm. but I think with this kind of thing it's an over a slightly over dramatized real reality i disagree really i do being somebody who lived who lived through it both mm. in myself and and my friends um with at different schools but if, if you look at it so there, this is there's actually two very valid sides to it mm. so how the system and it's the system that's broken. Yeah. Um, it's not necessarily the the principal's fault or the teacher's fault or the student's fault. It's the system that's that's broken. But um, as a as a teacher, uh, so teachers are are also judged by the test scores that they get. Yeah, and that that's within the school, and then outside of the school, within the district, the principal is judged on. This, the overall scores of that school. Right. And so in order for the school to get, to get bigger budgets, to get new supplies, new books, new computers, the things that the schools need, mm-hmm. they, have to, they have to perform at a certain level, whether the kids are trying to do it or not. Um, so if the kids drop the ball, then that means that the the school doesn't have the resources to to help them get better or do better or new technology, like I said, new books, things like that. Um, So for that, it's, it's looking, it's at playing the numbers game, which is what, what the principal then has to do. And, um, and if, you know, if I, if I get rid of these, these five, then it helps out the other 800 and, Mm -hmm. um, so, 
so is is that is that bad? Is that good? So I I think it's still bad to let anybody go, but that's yeah. that's where the responsibility then falls on the teachers to to keep their kids engaged, to get to know the kids, to care the teachers and the counselors. Mm-hmm. However, the teachers are so overwhelmed by by schools overcrowding and their classrooms are are over or way too full. Yeah, they can't keep up with it, and it's it's an impossible it's an impossible task. So it, I don't know, it, it makes sense, but there's no, there's no good answer, which is why it's been like that. And it continues to be like that. Yeah. Um, me personally, I, I, I see, I see the numbers, but I, I have a heart for people and, and it's, it's those five that are being left behind. Those are the ones that I care about more than the other 800 that, right. that are doing okay. Exactly. So uh, I don't know, man. <laughs> I, I don't know if that issue is going to be solved during this podcast. Nope. <laughs> <laughs> um, so one, our, our, our hero or our anti-hero, I guess, mm-hmm. Mark, he, he very, I very much relate to him both as, as the radio aspect of it. And also because he's very introverted in mm-hmm. public uh, one-on-one conversations, but he finds his voice when he's, when he's behind the microphone. Yeah. Um, and there's there's a lot of there's a lot of showmanship, you know, the the things he does for shock effect and everything, but mm-hmm. but that's where he finds himself, and and he's real, and that's that's very much like me, where if I'm if I'm with uh, with somebody in a one on one conversation, unless there's somebody I know really well, I don't feel comfortable there, and I'm yeah. I'm usually very withdrawn or or just just give out preliminary uh, responses and and. And I hit the the dreaded small talk, which I hate so much. But right. uh, but I I never feel as comfortable in that situation as I do when I'm on stage, mm. and when I when I can be myself. And so it's um, so for me, I I totally get that, and and that character resonates with me um, far more than many characters in other movies that we watch. Right. Um. Something that I found interesting with that is. Not only, yes, he's he's able to find himself in in it, and he's able to be himself. And yes, he has those things that he does for shock factor and everything. But it it's very interesting looking at it, almost the in these psychological aspect of it of the asking of why is he doing this or like what could be the reasons that we get to see in his home life. Mm-hmm. Um, what do we, out, like outside of his radio show, what what do we see there that could make this so special to him? Mm-hmm. And it, it it was interesting for me to see that he was, he's such an introverted person. He's very, he's very closed off on, on in the outside world. But when he gets to, uh, to the radio station or like his basement and whatever. And he turns on the mic and whatever he can be whoever he wants, right? Whatever he wants. And yes, that could be who he truly, truly is. And it probably is, but it could also be a almost a therapeutic, like, thing for him like it could be a i can't 
be like this in public. So I'm going to be like this when nobody else can see me, but they can hear me. Right. And that's probably why he, one of the multiple reasons he used a voice disguiser, um, that he wouldn't, he was, he was so hesitant about letting his, his girlfriend in on this and how he doesn't really want any, anybody else to find out. And when things started getting really rough, he just decided to end it or he wanted to end it multiple times, mm-hmm. like the, the radio show multiple times because he didn't like that amount of attention. Right. Because it, the attention was not that he was getting listeners. The attention was, or the attention that he was getting from it was people are going to find out who he are or who he is. Right. Well, I am. So one of, one of the things about your school um, is, or the school that you just graduated from actually, no longer (laughs) your school. One of the things about your school is they're very good at encouraging their students to be whatever they want to be um, to try, try on all of these different pieces of identity, knowing full well, excuse me, knowing full well that, that as adults, um, they're not going to be who they're, who they're being in, in high school, but, but instead they're, they're letting them try, try on these, these different, different traits, I guess. Um, or the, these, Things like like we we talk about we talk about uh, gender roles or, or sexuality or mm-hmm. even even claiming claiming your heritage and 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 making that a big thing or or finding your identity as as somebody who wears striped socks all right. the time or you know just just whatever mm-hmm. and and it's something that um, that I didn't like for a while about the school because. I, I thought it kept the students from from having a from I guess looking at their lives and looking at who they really are. But I think my perspective was has been wrong. I think I think how I should have been thinking about it is we all we all try uh, especially as teenagers all try to do different things to make ourselves something else. We, we see somebody um, like a, a movie star, like Christian Slater, for instance. Right. And, and well, he's, he's, he's got his hair like that. So I'm going to make my hair like that. Or he's got these sunglasses. So I'm going to get these sunglasses, whatever. Mm. Uh, we, we see these people that, that we like as we're trying to find our own identities, don't know what that's going to be. And then we, we try and emulate those people. Mm. And, and, Often, um, that we're shot down or met with ridicule, like "Hey, who are you supposed to be?" or whatever. Yeah. Your school, however, it allows students to try all of these different things, mm-hmm. knowing that they're trying to find themselves in the process. Yeah. And and says, "Okay, yeah, try it on, and if you like it, then fine." I mean, just just like just like an article of clothing, you know, yeah. try it on, and then and then if you change, then whatever, we're going to be behind you, and we're going to support you, mm-hmm. and. That's that's something that it took me a while to see because it was it was such a foreign idea to me, um, but um, but you've you've gotten to do that actually quite a bit with the different roles that you've had. I, yeah. I know that you've you've done you've been parts of of big productions, but also for class assignments, little mm. little one acts here and there or scenes, you've got to try on a variety of 
of different characters, different traits and, mm-hmm. and, and all of that. And has that been, has doing that allowed you to find pieces of yourself that, uh, that you wouldn't have otherwise? Yeah. Um, with, with acting, I found a lot that even though you would be playing someone completely different than what you think to be yourself would be, mm-hmm. um, we're always encouraged to take a bit of yourself and like highlight that or put that into your character or whatever. And really that's, I've also find that to be what acting is because every character that I've played, there's always been something within that character that I've found within myself. I just choose to um, amplify that trait. Sure. To make to make the character like, I I once played a very energetic otter who is who basically encompasses the he he's very shy and he's very um he likes his 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 little group of people and he he was very shy but he was really energetic around those people. I'm fairly energetic. I'm very I'm fairly extroverted, but. With new people, with new with new ideas, new like things, I'm with most things. I'm fairly open, but I don't like new change, and I don't like things that take me from my comfort areas. And mm-hmm. that's that's a lot of what Otter was because he he was really good friends with uh, the main character, but the main character had like it. the The show was called Ash Girl. It was basically Cinderella meets the seven deadly sins. Otter was um, really close with Ash Girl, the main character, or and or Cinderella. She had very mean and nasty stepsisters that he didn't like because they were loud and everything, and he was not comfortable with that. Mm-hmm. I've found that to be within myself too. Like, like I said, I don't. I get very comfortable, and I. I I'm very extroverted and I'm open to new things, but I don't like things that take me out of my comfort area when I'm wanting to be in my sure. comfort area. And then with with other roles, I I just look to see where me and that character have in some like have in common, like what we have in common, and I kind of just go from there. But yes, I found that acting helps a lot to find things within myself and I keep losing my train of thought. It's really, (laughs) it's, I I think it's just because I'm very rusty at this and it's hard to gather all of my thoughts at once. Sure. It, I found that acting does help find yourself in a way by being other people. Sure. Okay. Um, so we were talking talking a little bit about, uh, or you'd mentioned the the psychology of it, I guess, mm-hmm. and of what. So something that his uh, parents suggest is he him seeing a psychiatrist, and right. then he, he saw he gets really really mad. So there was such such a stigma, such a bad stigma about mental health back in back in those days. Mm-hmm. Uh, actually, really really up until about a decade ago, yeah. a decade ago, and so. Anybody that had that had mental health issues or or needed to to 
seek treatment for mental health, you don't talk about that at all. You know, you bury, you, you don't mention it. And yeah. it was, it was just something that was so, uh, so bad. And it, it was awful. But so, so many people went without getting the help that they needed because of that. Mm-hmm. And that's what it was like. It, it sucked. Yeah. <laughs> what are your thoughts on that? I mean, I, I saw that one of two ways, like, yes, in, like way back when it it was the obvious of like the the mention of getting seeking help and shutting down it's like no I don't need help I'm I I don't need somebody else to tell me how I'm feeling or whatever and it was also the the idea of like I it's either I don't want somebody to tell me how I'm feeling or I don't want to face how I'm feeling sure but um it also was interesting because he could have also been saying, no, I'm not going to go see a psychiatrist because he was literally walking to go to his form of therapy in a sense. Sure. Sure. Interesting perspective. That, that would be that I agree. That is his form of therapy because it's like, I don't need to see a psychiatrist. I don't, I can't tell you why I don't need to, but I'm good. Do you remember? Do you remember the movie Avatar? And it's been a while since you've seen that. Um, it has been a while. <laughs> <laughs> so, um, just just a little little piece of it is the the guys who who are who are in the avatars who are in the alien bodies. They have to uh, as a as a daily routine. They have to do a video blog, just a video diary, and yeah. that's that's their form of therapy without without anybody else there to talk to. And mm-hmm. so, I mean, that's that's what this guy's um, that's what our our anti hero Mark is doing is yeah. is is exactly what you just said. And I hadn't I hadn't thought of that until just now. And mm-hmm. and I see that it makes sense. I mean, it's therapeutic for me talking into a talking into a <laughs> microphone microphone because I'm not able to be on stage right now. Right. It's interesting that you keep saying anti-hero because it it's all about perspective because to some and to the movie, he is the hero. Yes, he causes uproar and he mm-hmm. causes some legal damage, but he is the hero for that group of students. Um-ish. Are you, do you know what the definition of anti-hero is? In in terms of like movies and plots and everything, character, yeah. it's someone who actually doesn't do good in a sense. So let me uh, let me pull up the definition. I happen to have the uh, handy dandy access to that right here. <laughs> Anti hero is a central character who lacks the characteristics an audience associates with a conventional hero. Right. So he's he's he's, he's not an antagonist. He's just um, his characteristics and traits don't right aren't your typical hero. Okay. And that's why I use that that phrasing. That's fair. So um, have you noticed though in movies with antiheroes, they always smoke? Um almost always. <laughs> maybe? <laughs> <laughs> I've noticed that. Okay. It's it's one of those it's one of those things and 
and on that that subject of smoking, so this is a teenager smoking. So I've noticed in movies that uh, that if somebody's smoking and they don't want anyone to know, they just put the cigarette out or they they spray air freshener or they hold the cigarette out the window or whatever. Mm-hmm. That only works if you are a smoker. Every every non-smoker, it, it's it's. Uh, by by saying that, I mean it doesn't actually work. You, right. you think it works. But that's because your your uh, your sense of smell has has dumbed down because you've, you're smoking. You've gone nose blind to it. Yeah. yeah. Everybody for everybody else, they smell it on your clothes and your skin, on your yep. breath, and your hair, in the room, in the carpet, in the drapes, and so yep. so it, it never really works. But it's always in movies like that. <laughs> and then and then the parents will walk in. And it's like, oh no, nothing's going on here. Right. So, um, let's see. I wanted to. Uh, to point out here, one of the the little things, and, and I realize this is a movie, and I realize this is done in so many movies, but but the level of of skill that a high school teenager has in, in any particular thing, whether it's hacking into tapping right. into a database or or um, soldering soldering all of this equipment together, learning about transistors and, and resistors and what, what will do what transmission and, and the FCC triangulating this, mm-hmm. you know, the, he said he, his parents got him a short, a short wave. wave radio when they moved there, which wasn't very long ago. No. And so the amount of things he has learned in that time is really impressive. But also, where did he get the equipment? Where did he get the finances for the equipment? How did he get the equipment into his house or in his room with his, without his parents being like, what's all of this? And this, these, this was all tube equipment, so it would have generated a ton of heat. Their electric bill would have been through the roof. Yeah. So, yeah. <laughs> so you can't have a radio station back then on that scale without it going unnoticeable. Right. If you're doing it in your basement. And then this main point here too. I mean, sure is his parents his parents uh might have good jobs and everything. You yourself, you've been working for a few years now. You've mm-hmm. been a high school student working. At any point would you have have had the funds available available to buy all of this equipment? Probably not. <laughs> Especially if you had only been using it for a couple months. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Where would you have gotten the the tens of thousands of dollars for all of this stuff? But anyway, that's just picking apart movies in general. I, yeah. Um. I I wanted to wanted to uh, or I wrote down a note that the the f the head of the FCC or the FCC. FCC rep shows up in a limo. Now, fair enough. In the '90s, nobody had any idea what mm-hmm. government officials did or their budgetary constraints or anything like that. But, um, but, it, it, so it would make sense that some sort of politician or somebody that works in the government shows up in a limo. That never, ever, ever happens. Like in, like in Mighty Ducks, he was. He was a hockey, uh, Gordon Bombay was a hockey player and then a lawyer, I believe, right? Yes. And yeah. then he shows up in a limo. Why does a lawyer need a limo? So that actually, that's something that's in in bigger cities. Um, it, if you are a high profile attorney, if you are somebody that's, uh, mm-hmm. that's taking on big cases, you're doing that as, as a show of power. Right. And, and you, you do that, it's, it's, it's like 
wearing a name brand something mm-hmm. or other. It's it's this show that I, that I'm successful, so that's going to get more business to you, and that makes sense. In what was it Minnesota and the Mighty Ducks? It doesn't quite uh, right. <laughs> doesn't quite jive that way. So um, I just have a couple more things on here uh, that I had taken notes of. One of them was. Uh, was Mark says being a teenager sucks, and he, he points points that out. Now, a lot of people say being a teenager or being in high school some of the best years of of your life. Right. Not in my experience. Well, you only had two years of high school. I did, I did, but I was a teenager the whole time. Right. <laughs> <laughs> I didn't cut cut my teenage years short. I think but, that that statement is accurate depending on how old you are, because. I'm I'm 18 and I'm the 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 word teen is still within my age. It is. It is. But I'm at the young adult phase. Sure. And it's I don't think it sucks. I'm having a lot of fun and I'm having I'm making a lot of memories, making a lot of friends and over the past couple months or even this past year has been a really great experience being young Mm -hmm. but say maybe when i was 14 or 15 when i didn't have really access to anything i didn't have a car i didn't really have a job didn't have money i couldn't really do anything lived kind of far away couldn't really do anything at that point in my life i would have said yeah it kind of sucks because you can't really you can't really do much it seems like everybody's against you and all of that but sure it it really depends on what age you are I that's fair i think the implication is teenager in high school yeah from from the context of this mm-hmm. and i i would have to agree is life life gets so much better after after those years it gets a lot harder but it's much better yeah it's much better um my last uh my last little bit that i had to say about this was um was actually a bigger than this movie, and and um and this is this again was was the us against the establishment kind yeah. of kind of theme, but um. But what we see at the end of this is that the revolution is beginning, mm-hmm. and all all of these other radio stations pop up, which which really is kind of a cool thing because it, it's what it's saying is all of these kids who didn't have a voice now have a voice now yeah. have now have a way, and. Revolutions are like that. They usually the person who starts a revolution doesn't live to uh, to see it, but mm-hmm. but it's that spark that ignites the flame in in everybody else. And so that's why, dear listeners, it is important <laughs> to stand up for what you believe in. Mm-hmm. So, um, that's the the end of my moral tale. But <laughs> I mean, I can't really think of anything else it's just something that i did notice that is that's a bit of a heavier topic so i don't know if i'm going to touch on it for too long okay but i've always something that i found with older movies that came out that come out around this time which to some may seem insensitive now to to me it kind of seems like we've now taken a step backward in a sense but in movies in movies made um around this time if you ever want to um if you ever want the plot to get heavy or you want something dramatic to happen or you you need something serious to happen that changes the plot or moves the plot raises raises the stakes whatever they always have someone 
take their own life, which mm-hmm. to some it's like, oh, that's kind of just like a safety net. Oh, I don't know what to do. Oh, this person does this. Right. Which I don't think is the case because we don't see that now. Mm-hmm. A lot of people, yes, get um, have a, a lot of traumatic memories and a lot of traumatic things that like are around that topic. Mm-hmm. But I think around that, uh, in the time that these movies were made, it was almost bringing more awareness to it, uh, to the idea of that this is something that happens. Right. But we it's talked about a lot more these days because everybody seeks help and help is accessible through sure. all of this mm-hmm. um, with, with this kind of thing. But we don't really see it nowadays in movies or film but we did back then because it was something that a lot of people went through Mm -hmm. but nobody could get help on and so something dramatized or something that you want to seem very dramatic go to you would go to that because it is a very dramatic thing not like using dramatic in the in in the negative terms like oh that person's very dramatic but it's more of a it's it's a very heavy thing and it it allows more emotion in your movie which if you overplay it it gets a little insensitive but if you don't even mention it at all it also seems a little insensitive sure well in this in this movie they they touched on it and it was a bit of a catalyst um, mm-hmm. to, to drive the movie forward. Um, but it, it was, I don't know. I, again, during, during this time, there was, there was no support for, mm-hmm. for mental health. There was no internet. So, so it was a big deal if, if, right. if that happened, if somebody committed suicide or if you, if you knew somebody or heard, heard of somebody, it was, it was a big topic. Mm-hmm. Um, and then what happened was, was it was romanticized. It was used too often in movies and and stuff. Yeah. And and a lot of people got it in, would get it in their head that that, that suicide is beautiful or has this these dramatic Im- implications and mm-hmm. and that'll show them. And it, it's it's never never pretty and it's never never as nice or wrapped up like like it is on the movies. Yeah, you know, so. and even. It was even talked about in the movie with Mark saying that it's, it seems like this big, simple thing, this big, simple solution. And it, when you look at it, it is, but it really isn't because it makes things a lot harder. Right. And it's not a simple solution. Right. Yeah. A lot of, so many people, um, I don't, I don't know. I don't know about now. Like I, I don't I'm not sure. I don't even know where you're at with this, but, mm-hmm. but so, so many people have the problem of getting it in their head that life is supposed to be like this, or if you're yeah. going to have life, this is what you do. This step, then this step, then this step, then this step. But it doesn't have to be that you know, your life can go on a ton of different paths. Like, mm-hmm. um, like you don't have to go to a four year university. You're going, to, you're going to go to a culinary pro- program and that's perfect for mm-hmm. you. And some people, they don't want to do that. They want to, they want to go to H, they want to start 
uh, working at an HVAC school or just want to be a barista forever, they're all going to live. So yeah. it's not like they're, <laughs> their way of doing life is wrong. They're, they're going to live and, and they're living their own lives and, and they're going by their own desires and their own truths. And yeah. so, um, but, but for, for many people, they don't have that realization either for themselves or for their kids um, that that life can take these different paths, and yeah. it, it's it's a bit of a, a closed-minded attitude that uh, that says, "Well, my life isn't going this way, so I need to end it because it, it's well, life can be whatever you want. You, yeah. you have the you have the ability to to change that, and 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 most people don't realize." The, this is going to sound really cheesy, but most people don't realize the power within themselves. <laughs> <laughs> right. Had the ruby red slippers with you the whole time. All you had to do is click them together. So um, I think that with that really, really heavy ending <laughs> that you brought us, thank Sorry. you, <laughs> <laughs> Um That wraps up our um, pump up the volume. So stick with us for one more jingle, then we'll let you know what's coming up next here. All right. That's it. Thanks for listening to the Barnes Boys. Uh, what are your memories on about Pump Up the Volume? Did we miss anything important? Let us know at www.barnesboys.ca. Now, thank you for joining us as we kicked off part two of season two. Now, be prepared for the next episode of The Gallows, which is something that you and I actually have a personal connection to. Oh, that's right. Uh, this was your movie choice, by the way. <laughs> <laughs> but be, be prepared for the next episode of The Gallows by watching the movie before the podcast and sending us your comments on our website. Our theme music is written by Ryan M. Barnes, and you can visit him at www.silvertooth.org. Have a great week. <laughs>